the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, I'll just say, it's amazing what a good night's sleep can do. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Yesterday, Monday's show, you and I had both had bad night's sleep. Oh, my gosh. Horrible. Horrible. I think that show, I'm afraid to go back and listen, because it was cranky. We were, wasn't it? We were, we had a negative outlook on everything yesterday. <laughs> Apologies if you tuned if you in. Would, if, if the question would have been, what do you think of cute, cuddly kittens? <laughs> oh, John and I would have been like, oh, you know God. why you shouldn't have kittens? I mean, we just a little night's sleep changes everything, oh, doesn't it? Really? Gosh, I mean, yesterday was really mm-hmm, rough. It was. Rough. I went to really bed last night rough. at uh, nine fifteen. Did you really? And I didn't get up this morning until eight. <laughs> <laughs> You slept. Did you sleep all that time? I did. You did not sleep uh-huh. all that time straight through. Boom, straight through. I was like, "Yeah, How John." How do you do that? I felt good about it. How do you do yeah, that? I felt good. Isn't it amazing? Did you? Wait. Yes, it's just sleep. So much better. is a great cure all, is it not? Oh, fabulous. So anyway, gosh. we're good today. Hope you that you are as well. Sleep through eleven straight hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was ready, primed. My wife and I were downstairs, and uh, there was something on. I forget what it was, and I was like. <laughs> No, I got to go. I, I'll see you, honey. I went to bed. Boom, I was gone. Feeling nice. Lexi, how long do you sleep at a shot? Uh, anywhere from 10 to 12 hours. See, yeah. <gasps> now she, uh, could, she's a young kid. Oh, my gosh. You guys. It's so easy. Oh. It's so good. Well, it, it, the older you get, the harder it, it, it does become. Once I had a baby. Oh, of course. Women. It was all over. Forget it. How many times up uh, up a night are you? Minimum three. Three times? And how do you yeah. fall back to sleep? Just, I mean, you just get used to mm. it. See, I felt myself last night like, sort of coming up to the, you know. Surface. Oh, eh, eh, and I was able to catch myself like, okay. So Don't wake you up. sort of talk yourself down, yeah. down into it again. That's I'm, great. I'm yeah. so, that's just so awesome. I mean, more often than not, you're able to do that. But I understand age comes upon you. Right. And you feel like, I'm up. It happened to Sunday night. So who am I? Like Right. Once I once a baby was crying during mm, the night, that mm, was it. That was like it. I'd never been able right, to go back. Right. Plus, now we got a cat. Exactly. My wife said to me this morning, "Did you hear the cat like wreaking havoc?" I was like, "Was he running around like?" Yeah, mm-hmm, mm. See, they, it, it's awesome because yeah. you all go to bed and he no, comes out and he, starts stalking, and he's he's like a spy, mm-hmm. and there's international intrigue. Yeah. He's, plus, he's adopted my wife, and you know he's like you know in her face. Oh, that's super know, cute. Meowing at her, he leaves me alone. Which I'm grateful for. Thank okay. you. Okay. That's awesome. Very nice. Anyway, thanks for coming along today. Yeah, That's our a, sleep schedule. We do. We have a great show coming up, though, today. I'm happy to tell you that in the 5 o'clock hour, why guilt is good news in Lent. You think guilt? Don't you hate guilt? 
But it's Talk a, about something that keeps you up during the night. Oh, well, I guess it does serve a good purpose, though, does it not? Well, Jay Slocum's going to talk mm-hmm. to us about that at 510. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the president and the first lady went out to a restaurant and ordered the same thing. Yeah. The exact same dish. Yeah. The question is, do you and your partner do this? Are you asking me? No. Nope. I okay. will ask you later, right. but I don't want you to answer right now. Sure. Um, in the 4 o'clock hour, um, the pre-flood story in Genesis, God says that he's sorry that he made humans, humankind. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he's indecisive? Or does he regret us? Does he regret us now? Mm-hmm. Hugh Ross will be with us. Uh, Hugh Ross is an astrophysicist, also kind of a philosopher, mm-hmm. theologian. Happy to have him with us. Also, Adidas has $500 million of Kanye sneakers and no good option for getting rid of them. <laughs> what do you do with your excess inventory? I don't know. I don't know what you – they're yeah. just screwed. No, you know. really they anything come, they can do there. Come back around again. All right, All right that and this more. This is a little sample mm-hmm. of what's coming up on today's show. Very nice. Brought to you by NyQuil. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's look at the news, okay? I do have some news. All right, Kath. So please, without further ado, the news stories, give us the top four at four. It's Tuesday, February 28th. That's the last day of February. Did you know that? Here we go. Here we go. That was Tomorrow's a good month. March 1st. I like it. The Ides are upon us. Number one. According to CBS News, the Supreme Court's conservative wing appeared to doubt the legality of the president's plan to cancel up to $20,000 in student loan debt for millions of Americans. Those oral arguments were heard today in a pair of disputes um, where some justices stood on the key question of whether a group of six states and two borrowers were entitled to sue in the first place remained unclear. A decision in the case, which is expected this summer, will affect roughly $40 million borrowers who are eligible for the relief that the president announced last August. Um, Also, it's going to affect all the people who spent all of their time and energy paying off their student loans Mm. before this was announced. I've heard this phrase, oral arguments before the Supreme Court. Yeah. Are there other kind of arguments before the Supreme Court? Is like someone like, you know, smash a chair? Well, I think... Well, I think that if the justices have questions, then the attorneys can submit answers in writing mm. after. I, but I think I'm, we should check into that. The oral Seeing arguments. As I'm not an attorney. Right. Gath, please. Opine, would you please, yeah. on oral yeah, arguments. With, with my uh, interior design grief from the Art Institute. Well, I just thought I'll I'd treat it that down way. for you guys. I mean, as an actor. Number two. New findings suggest that your brain, John, and not just yours, but others. <laughs> Dangerous place in there. Can dynamically change throughout adulthood and are changing the way scientists view the aging brain. Hmm. And while the brain is largely set up by birth with the creation of new neurons largely complete, how different parts of the brain communicate with one another change over your life. And it's good news because changing brains can meet the challenges set by every life stage. There is a really interesting lengthy article in today's Washington Post about what happens to your brain when you're an infant, what happens to your brain when you're six years old or 16 years old or 36 years old, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when you lose your keys, John, or forget a name, it may feel like your brain isn't working as well as it used to, but new research dispels the belief that plasticity, which is the brain's capacity to respond to change, diminishes in an adult and aging brain. Mm-hmm. It is a very interesting piece. I encourage you to check it out in today's post. Number three, and Batman will return to the mound at PNC. Bring it. The Pirates announced today that former Pirate pitcher A.J. Burnett will throw out the ceremonial first pitch to who? 
to Russell Martin what? for the home opener against the White Sox on April 7th. I am so geeked about that. That is so awesome. The Pirates are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of their 94-win team that ended two decades of consecutive huh. losing seasons. Remember that celebration in the clubhouse that night? I sure do. It was so great. I wonder if A.J. Burnett can still throw that ball. I mean, they could, the Pirates could probably sign him. I bet he can't. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, he wrote today, Gotham, it's finally happening. Nice. Bring it. That. Let's go, Bucks. And uh, number four, I have a weird animal story for you. And it's been a doesn't? long time since we've had a weird animal story. This happened in Malaysia, John. A shocking video that you may have already seen on Twitter. Uh, a bunch of people heard some noises in their home. And so they got some authorities. And the authorities thought, uh, I think we should probably get the people out of the house and figure out what's going on. So they started poking up into the ceiling. Three enormous pythons fell out of the ceiling. Are you ready for this? this? There were three of them. Two snakes weighed 70 pounds each and were 16 feet long. The third only weighed 55 pounds and 13 feet. And that is your top four at four. Where was this? I'm reading that from Newsweek, but you have to see it online. What country? You will lo- Malaysia. You will, have, you will lose your mind. Now, what's even more disturbing, if there is anything more disturbing, is that the, two of the snakes were mating when they fell out of the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, they, the snakes may reach ages beyond 20 years. Males breed once they've reached the length of seven to nine feet. Females begin breeding, breeding once they attain a length of 11 feet. Imagine if you were sleeping and you felt that come around. Lexi, you. did you see this video? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think I did. It's something. Don't do that. I'm sure hold. it's terrifying. Yeah, it's very terrifying. Yeah. Oh, that's a pick-me-up. Mm-hmm. Speaking of pick-me-ups, our next guest, our first guest, yeah. spiritual depression. Oh, have you ever been in that? I don't know. I didn't know it was a thing. I did not either. But we'll find out about that next. One hundred one point five W O R D. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan, and we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers, great giveaways, discounts, freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com/fanclub and sign up. We're big fans. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 Plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B, looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. 
Call now. You can learn more about MetaShare 65 Plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Word FM listeners, in this year radio commercial, I'm going to show you how the famous quote, two birds, one stone, should actually be four birds, one stone. I can see you're on the edge of your seat, but let's at least give it a try. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and what we're seeing from families across the country is how One Stone, the cash-out refinance, is helping families four different ways. The cost of everything is currently crazy, which is spiking credit card debt, where interest rates are often three to five times higher than mortgage interest rates, which is why we're seeing family after family taking advantage of the fact that their home has skyrocketed in value and cashing out that newfound money to pay off the credit card monster, using leftovers on special purchases, setting a bit extra aside for future peace of mind. And the fourth positive is cleaning up debt improves your credit score, giving you better future options. If you're curious what a cash-out refinance would do for you, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melville, New York. And a blessing 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Businesses don't run on automation or algorithms alone. What powers businesses are your people and the people they serve. At Cintas, your dedicated service reps understand what you need to help you keep your employees feeling safe, comfortable, and performing their best. So your business can too. For workwear, essential cleaning products, first aid and safety supplies, and fire protection services, visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. Are you depressed? Not currently. Spiritually depressed. I don't know what that means. I did not either. Our next guest, Michelle Van Loon, author of six books, her most recent, Translating Your Past, Finding Meaning in Family Ancestry, is going to talk to us about this spiritual depression. Apparently, it's a thing. Michelle, welcome to the show. It is a thing, and it seems maybe timely to chat a bit about it. Because a whole lot of people are talking about the Jesus Revolution movie Mm. right now. Yeah. And this is kind of the opposite. (laughs) Okay, so let's go back and talk. So the Jesus Revolution movie just premiered yesterday or the day before? It's Kelsey Grammer, right? Yes, this Mm -hmm. is what I've heard. I haven't seen it, but boy, oh boy, online, lots of lots of chatter about it. Mm-hmm. I'm a child of the Jesus movement myself, Are you? so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, but here we are now, about 50 years later. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to believe. I still feel like I'm that teenage girl that found Jesus, and so it's interesting a lot of a lot of us over time and at different times in our spiritual life find ourselves um feeling a little flatlined hmm. and in a previous book you mentioned um translating your past but in a previous book um that i wrote called becoming sage which explores midlife spirituality um that that kind of feeling flatlined spiritually and emotionally often goes along with that stage of life. It, it doesn't always just accompany that stage of life, of course. All of us know that teen depression is at an all-time high, and um, people who are in their sunset years also deal with depression. But 
spiritually, there's also a form of depression that the medieval scholars and and practitioners called acedia, um, which is often translated sloth or laziness, but that isn't exactly the case. Okay, so I've never heard that word, acedia. A C E D I A. Yeah, and so where where who wrote about this, and where would we go to find more information about acedia? Well, a, a famous book um, that kind of addresses this or explores it was written oh probably about fifteen years ago by um, writer Kathleen Norris. Oh yeah, sure, and that's sure. Where, that's where I was first introduced to the concept. She wrote a book called Acedia and Me. Okay. And um, it was basically for her kind of sifting, is this emotional depression, is this chemical depression, or is this flatline kind of lack of passion, running my spiritual life on autopilot, is this a spiritual issue right and um when i explored the topic in my my book becoming sage i i always encourage people to make sure and kind of sort through all the choices make sure that you know if it's clinical depression you want to get the appropriate assistance for that whether it's counseling or or medication or whatever but sometimes Maybe in companionship with that and maybe in contrast with that, there's also this experience of just going flat, not caring. If you've been a believer for a while, then you probably know how to do your spiritual life on autopilot. And you've actually disengaged somewhere or put yourself in neutral. And that that feeling of being flatlined um, spiritually, it can be a, a form of spiritual warfare, which often has very dramatic connotations. And it can also just be a sign that you are really tired. Um, mm-hmm. You've been doing and doing and doing the same thing over and over again. And, um, you've just kind of, you've kind of lost that spark. It's not the same exactly as losing your first love that we read about in Revelation, but it is just kind of being disconnected and and living on autopilot. Yeah. And I, mean, I get that, so, Michelle. I mean, you know, right. I mean, if anybody like, okay, you say when you were a teenager is when you first encountered Christ and then, you know, mm-hmm. decades go by, life happens, you know, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, you pay your taxes, you do your thing. I mean, life's full of ups and downs. So it would just right. kind of make sense that your spiritual life also has ups and downs as well. Um, is that what you're, is that what this is? Or is it deeper? It it can be that, but I think it often goes deeper it goes into the area of of temptation um and kind of it can lead you to not good places if you're not um kind of vigilant about it and being vigilant 
is the opposite of actually what you um, most want to do when you're feeling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just kind of a, that lack of passion. And I'm not talking about that, you know, you're just tired or um, you need a rest. You just finished running vacation Bible school and you really want nothing more than to sit in a recliner and read a book for a couple of weeks. This isn't that. This is something that kind of settles in and takes the the life out of your mm. relationship with God and other believers. Okay, so from your experience, Michelle, or from Kathleen mm-hmm. Norris's that you've read about and the other scholars, um, what's the remedy? Is there one? Uh, I, as with any depression, it's not like you can you know snap your fingers and have it go away. Mm-mm. Right, and that's that's the kind of the key. If there is a key to this, it's recognizing. <laughs> that you didn't end up there overnight and it's Mm -hmm. probably not going to be just an instant jolt of spiritual energy Mm -hmm. juice to bring you out of it. Some of those disciplines that um, may have sustained you over time, um, they have value um, if you can at least maintain a little bit of Bible reading and prayer. Even if your prayer is, I don't even know what to say. And I'm not even sure I feel like saying it. Mm-hmm. Even that is um, kind of a, an offensive weapon against that sense of inertia. Yeah. Another another thing that was really helpful for me was um, having the ability to be why to be honest with a couple of wise friends and. Mm-hmm. Um, I started spending meeting monthly with a spiritual director who would ask me really pointed questions and just having to verbalize some of that um, Mm -hmm. also helped me be able to sort through, you know, maybe what was percolating underneath or, or what was um, contributing to that feeling of, I don't even know if I care and I don't even know how to care right now. So um, the the zeal that we start with as um, young believers, um, we cannot sustain that over a lifetime. Faithfulness is what we're called to sustain, yeah. not zeal. And that's it's helpful to remember that as well. That's good. And so, Michelle, if, if you're thinking about this, writing about this, and of course, uh, you mentioned someone else writing about it as well. For me, the good thing is whenever I get into like, you know, the, the black hole that, you know, the dog comes and visits me, you are not alone. Others have gone before you in this process. Acedia, I mean, this is you're saying it's an ancient word. I mean, so how many millions have gone before us in that spiritual valley, uh, the, the dearth of connection with Jesus? Uh, Michelle Van Loon is with us. We're talking about Acedia from her book, Becoming Sage, Cultivating Meaning, Purpose, and Spirituality in Midlife. Michelle, uh, before you leave us, one of the things I think may be a cure for Acedia is having a cat sitting on your shoulder. Oh, there he goes. He just ran away. I was gone over the weekend, and when I came back, this cat acted like that was the worst form of betrayal ever. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is a cat, and you cannot reason with a cat. You can with the dog, 
but there is no reasoning with a cat. So she has been very clingy. Mm. And my husband was not a good substitute for me. She's she's my little girl. So oh, that's super cute. <laughs> May we have her name, please, Michelle? Her na- She came from the shelter, and that's a great place to get a pet, by the way, is get a shelter pet. Yep. Her name is Sheba, and um, oh. I would not have named her that. but um, <laughs> It is what it is at this point. That's we're stuck with it and her. Oh, so <laughs> that's super sweet. Check out Michelle Van Loon's latest book, Translating Your Past: Finding Meaning in Family Ancestry, Genetic Clues, and Generational Trauma. We love you, Michelle. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks, today. Michelle. Good stuff. We'll take a quick break and come back. Five hundred million dollars in merchandise. What do you do with that? This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-419-2387. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-419-2387. 800-419-2387. 800-419-2387. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's an excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. Select quote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call doing it right. 724 New Roof. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Have you or someone you know been diagnosed with cancer? Then you are not alone. At Courage Through Cancer Ministries, we understand how devastating and life-changing a cancer diagnosis and journey can be. And it is our prayer that through our ministry efforts, you find hope, courage, and strength both now and for each new day. Our toll-free number is 1-855-6-COURAGE and our website, couragethroughcancer.com.
Mainly clear skies expected for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 31. Tomorrow will be warm with temperatures approaching near record highs with times of clouds and sunshine. A breezy afternoon tomorrow with a high of 68. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a passing shower late, the low 45. Thursday, sunny to partly cloudy skies. We'll reach a high Thursday of 51. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. What to do when there is a sudden end to a line of fashion, a very sudden end. Well, that's what happened with Adidas in October when they cut ties with Kanye West, mm-hmm. Yeezy, mm-hmm. Yee. It's estimated that um, Adidas may lose as much as, listen to this figure, $1.3 billion <gasps> this year. Because of all the stuff they've already had made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. $1.3 billion. Um, they did, Adidas did, yearly $2 billion of revenue on that brand. Did they really? And that's why Kanye West was like, you can't fire me. Right? right. And of course they did because of a string of anti-Semitic remarks that went on uh, for months and months and months. Right. Many said, well, Yeezy or... Remember when he was doing pop-up worship services? Yeah, fabulous Remember stuff. That? Yeah. Remember his the awesome choir yeah. and the... wasn't that long ago. The James Corden thing on the plane yep. and the... What in the world? Many people say... It's mental illness. Yes, ongoing mental illness. So Adidas, uh, you know, the German company, they don't know what to do because they're sitting on all this merchandise. I mean, warehouses filled of merchandise. Things that were in production, things that were on the shelves, everything got pulled off and then sent back to the Adidas warehouses. And now, 1.3 billion loss. How does a company survive something like that? And such is the case now. Uh, Nike cut its. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you sign a celebrity. That can happen to anybody. Yep. You know, when Phil Mickelson decided to, you know, help start the Live Golf Tour. Yeah. Uh, that, that was um, financed by the Saudi. I was going to say by the Saudi government. I don't think it's the government. I think it's private Saudi pretty much you know, one investors. The same, anyway, the point is that he had an absolute ton of uh, of backers that were like, sorry, yep. no. And so when you're paying that much money to a person, they can do, you know, anybody can become wacky. Yeah, quickly. Now, the in this, I'm reading an article from today's Wall Street Journal, and they're saying generally when this happens – I mean, on a much smaller scale, because there's been nothing like this before on this jar, that they would take the merchandise and burn it. So it wouldn't fall into second oh, party right, aftermarkets. Sure. Right. It has a life of its own. Yeah, because you don't want to be implicated in it if you've got some crazy person who's yeah. spouting anti-Semitic stuff like this. Burberry burnt $37 million of goods in 2018. For and Why? Does it say? Uh, it doesn't say that. No, they destroyed merchandise. Um, to the tune of $37 million, which there was a huge outcry about, you know, environmental concerns. Right, 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 right. And just, you know, someone wants a Burberry bag, right? I I don't know. But $1.2 billion. Now, sort of a comparable, but not really. Remember Michael Vick, right? Oh, yeah, with the dogfighting. Right. That was Nike, 2011. Uh, They took a hit. 
but nowhere near. Essentially, you know, this whole brand was built, Adidas's brand, which is interesting because, you know, when I was a kid, Adidas to me was sort of like the first, you know, you know, you were the Chuck Taylors, mm-hmm. right? Right. Those were the brand. But then Adidas came in in the 70s and they became uh, on the running craze. They sort yeah. of took hold of before sports. Nike. Yeah, before of sports merchandising. But then they've been supplanted, of course, by Nike and other brands. Mm-hmm. They made a comeback in the past 15 to 20 years. Yeah, they're pretty big again. They are big. There's a little bit hipster to it. Yeah. Um, but she took a hit of $1.2 billion. How do you recreate yourself? Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the conversation is about God's regret. Genesis tells us that he had it right before the flood. What does it mean about God? Does it mean he's indecisive or what does it mean he thinks about us? He he regrets making us his creation. You and me. Maybe. 101.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, and remodeling. The first Owens Corning MVP in Pittsburgh and one of the longest-tenured platinum contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, and remodeling. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. That's 724-NEW-ROOF. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE. And your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 Plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet... MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. 
Call now. You can learn more about MetaShare 65 Plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Right, 724-NEW-ROOF. What was that uh, Frank Sinatra said? Regrets. I've, I've had, had a, a few. few. But then again. <laughs> Too few to mention. Regrets. <laughs> I hate that song. <laughs> yeah, it is, I really do. I love of, Frank. It's a weird but anthem, isn't it? I hate that it? song. Yeah, yeah. They used to play that. Uh, yeah. It's just a weird song. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, all of us have regrets. Uh, but God is not like us. No, he is not. Right? He's, he's not a man that he should change his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does it mean in the sixth chapter of Genesis when it kind of intimates that he did? Yeah. Right? So, you know, human beings have fallen into some wretched state of immorality. And God says that he's sorry that he made them. Mm-hmm. Well, the question is, what does that mean? Dr. Hugh Ross is with us to talk about it. Hugh is an astrophysicist and author. He's also the founder of Reasons to Believe, an organization that researches and communicates how discoveries about nature harmonize with the words of the Bible. His books are many, aren't yes, they, John? Voluminous. Yeah, including Improbable Planet. Hugh, we're glad you're back. Well, thank you for having me back. Always a pleasure, Hugh. So that's the question, right? I mean, does God, as Cass said in Genesis, regret making us? Well, we worship a God that never changes. He's immutable. He says as the laws of physics never change, he never changes. So his plans never change, his mind and character and decisions never change. Nevertheless, he does have emotions. So, for example, he rejoices and cheers when he sees one of us obeying his commands and a fulfilling ministry on his behalf. He also has very much uh, regret and grief when he sees human beings rebelling against him and pursuing evil intents. So we shouldn't be surprised that this God has emotions. He put emotions within all of us. Uh, the angels also express emotions. It's something that tells us that we're one of God's higher beings and that we're like him. We're created in the image of God. And therefore, we who are followers of Jesus Christ, we join him in rejoicing when we see another human being uh, following uh, Jesus Christ. And then we have grief and sorrow when we see, say, one of our children or one of our friends uh, going down some autonomous path and expressing evil. We shouldn't be surprised that God uh, had that same emotion. I think with Genesis 6-6, though, a lot of people say it seems like God regretted uh, creating human beings at all. And we need to put that in the context uh, that God created in order to expand the expression of his love. I mean, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, they were in a loving relationship with one another, but they wanted to magnify their expression of their love, so they created beings that are capable of love. And, you know, we could have had a very different situation what we see in Genesis chapter 6, that God had created us with like a weak love or made us kind of robotic, where we all wind up obeying him because we're designed that way. Mm-hmm. But if it's weak love or weak uh, free will, we get weak love. And God wanted strong love, which meant he necessarily took the risk that a number of us would choose to disobey him and pursue evil rather than pursue virtue and love. And so uh, that meant that he would have grief 
uh, when people would do that. But his ultimate goal is that we human beings would have the capability of experiencing not just weak love, but strong love, where we exercise our free will in a loving manner. Wow. Okay. So, so does that get to the kind of uh, book, the kind of writing that Genesis is, uh, that we need to take into account? I don't know. I guess the question is, how are we reading the Bible to me, Hugh, which is that, um, you know, when we read through everything in the Psalms, uh, we recognize that the Psalm, or we should recognize that the psalmists are having emotions, like you said, right? They feel like they've been abandoned by God. So feeling like right. you're abandoned by God is not the same as being abandoned by God. Mm-hmm. But the scriptures allow such, you know, a great, uh, I don't know, a, a huge amount of expression, a different, a different, uh, all sorts of different ways to express ourselves. So is this just another manner of God expressing himself? It is, but I think it's also encouraging to us human beings that God is not distant. Uh, He's in relationship with us. And then in the deep kind of relationship, there's these strong emotions being expressed. I'd be worried if God wasn't expressing strong emotions. That would tell me he doesn't really care about his creation, but he cares very deeply. And therefore, these kinds of emotions get expressed. I think Genesis 6 is also telling us God really does care for us very deeply and that we humans think, gee, wouldn't it be great if we lived eight or 900 years? And the early chapters of Genesis are basically telling us we're far better off having short lifespans than long lifespans because when you let people live a long time, it shifts the advantage to those people that are intent on evil. I mean, think of the consequences of a serial killer living to be 900 years. Look at all the damage he's going to be doing. In fact, I look at the early chapters of Genesis as an era when the wicked people were wiping out the righteous. So there was only one righteous family left. And God said, okay, I think humanity has learned the lesson. We're going to change things. And he shortened our lifespan to a maximum of 120 years. And several decades are more than enough time to establish our righteousness before God, but it's a short enough time to ensure that evil doesn't run out of control. Mm -hmm. And so I look at those early chapters of Genesis saying, God cares for us so much that he's willing to give us lessons that we all need to hear, and uh, recognizing, too, he cares for us in a very deep, personal way. From Reasons to Believe, we're speaking with Dr. Hugh Ross. Hugh, go back and talk a little bit about about God and emotion. I mean, I mean, I know my emotions. Um, often they can be very strong. But are my emotions the same as God's emotions? I mean, is God up and also down? Well, I think God has stronger emotional feelings than we human beings do. We're created in the image of God, but as it says in Hebrews 1, only Jesus Christ is the exact representation of God. So, yes, we're able to experience some of the things God experienced, but not at the depth of level. After all, he's aware of things we're not aware And so I think he feels, quote, a lot more regret and grief than we're aware of because he sees the depth of the sin and evil that is going on, whereas we humans see the tip of the iceberg. So the regret and grief that we experience is a small percentage of what God is experiencing. But I also look at the positive. The joy that we humans experience, the love that we express, is just the tip of what God is experiencing Mm. and expressing. 
Dr. Hugh and Ross. The good news oh, go is, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Please, yeah. finish The good you. news is that's going to be magnified exponentially when we join him in the new creation. Yeah. So we're just getting a taste of what it's going to be like when we're with him in the new creation. Dr. Hugh Ross is with us. His uh, works, as I said, are many, including the creator and the cosmos and why the universe is the way it is. Um, Hugh, I want to ask you about that scripture verse that I quoted before you came in, which is from Numbers 23. um, And it says, God is not human that he should lie, nor a human being that he should change his mind. So for people who are listening to the show and um, either aren't from a church, aren't used to being in a church, don't don't read the Bible, or maybe people who do read the Bible and think, wow, that sounds a lot like there are contradictions in the Bible. Um, can you talk about that? Can you talk about how we read different books and how we make sense of what they say? Well, I think that's the beauty of the Christian faith is that our holy book is a combination of 66 books written by 39 different authors over 15 centuries of human history and yet they're completely consistent. I mean, that's the miracle of the Bible. All these authors over all that time, yet not one book of the Bible contradicts any other book of the Bible. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I spent 18 months spending an hour a day minimum reading and studying the Bible, looking for a contradiction or an error in the Bible. At the end of those 18 months, I realized There's much I don't understand about the Bible, but I can't find a single provable error or contradiction. All 66 books are completely consistent, and the only explanation for that is these 66 books must be inspired by the one that created the universe, the one for whom it's impossible to lie or deceive. Amen and amen. Hugh, uh, before you leave us, of course, we've had conversations about the majesty of space and the universe that we find ourselves in. Uh, just last week, there was a, another discovery by the James Webb Telescope that talks about um, our understanding of the universe and the early creation. Um, could you just briefly for our audience go into that just a touch? Yes, there's been a lot on the web about this, how astronomers are finding bright, massive galaxies in the early history of the universe. And this has led to some speculating. Maybe this isn't consistent with the Big Bang creation model that the Bible predicts. Maybe we need to make some adjustments. And what people need to realize is these initial images by the James Webb Space Telescope are short exposure images. The deep space surveys are going to come later. And the one that's the deepest that's been published so far is a 30-hour exposure of a cluster of galaxies. I posted it on my Facebook page. It reveals 50,000 galaxies on a single image in the early universe. And as I mentioned, we would expect that we're going to discover uh, the most massive and brightest early galaxies first. They're the easiest to detect. But to get a proper statistical sample, we need to do a deep survey And in that 30-hour exposure, guess what? Uh, The massive bright galaxies were rare. The faint small ones predominated, greatly predominated amongst those 50,000 galaxies, which tells us there's no problem with the Big Bang creation model. The James Webb Space Telescope is actually giving us stronger evidence uh, for the Big Bang model, not weaker evidence. And so Christians need not worry that we're going to, one day discover, gee, maybe the universe doesn't have a beginning. Maybe it wasn't designed by God. 
know the evidence is getting stronger and stronger with every day that goes by that the universe was specially created by God from outside of space and time and exquisitely designed to make possible our existence in this universe. That's Dr. Hugh Ross. You can check out uh, Hugh's books wherever you get your books. His books include Weathering Climate Change, A Fresh Approach, Why the Universe is the Way It Is, Designed to the Core, and Navigating Genesis, A Scientist's Journey Through Genesis One. Hugh, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, it's my pleasure, too. Thank you. Reasons to Believe. It's a wonderful ministry. Check it out. Hugh Ross. We'll take a quick break and come back and pivot. Let's talk about monkey bars next. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. Rayma Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through 8th grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. Accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RamaChristianSchool.org. This spring, join Danny Gokey, Jordan Feliz, and Blanca on the Jesus People Tour, heading to your city. Join Danny, Jordan, and Blanca in Moon Township, Pennsylvania at Impact Christian Church on Thursday, March 23rd. That's Moon Township, Pennsylvania on March 23rd. Jesus People Tour, live in your city. More information at transparentproductions.com. How many happy hours as a kid did you spend climbing on monkey bars? Oh my gosh. 
Well, every day, Monday through Friday, pretty yeah. much. Recess. Yeah. Monkey bars. Um, monkey bars have a really weird, like a lot of things, a, a weird beginning. They were not intended, essentially, for kids to climb on. So the story goes, um, many, many years ago, a Princeton mathematician, um, he built a bamboo set of monkey bars, first time ever, to show kids to visualize three dimensions. This is what three dimensions are all about. And it, so you can get on these things and climb through them and and, and have a good understanding of the dimensions hmm. of the world around okay. us. Well, the kids, of course. Just started climbing on them. They were much more interested in climbing because they were bamboo. Imagine, imagine building bamboo. So years later, um, Ted Hinton was his name. Uh, he was the son of the original inventor of the monkey bars. October 23rd, 1923, he became a patent attorney and was awarded the first of a series of U.S. patents for the, quote, jungle gym. And then the monkey bars were born. Uh, of course, these days, anyone, no, no, no one's aware of the scientific endeavors, the reasoning behind the playground standby, because climbing, since long as man has been on this earth, it's been a natural sort of resource mm -hmm. to climb. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a kid, we climbed trees even before we climbed monkey bars, probably. Uh, today, uh, the invention continues to fuel a debate about children's health, in part because monkey bars result in more injuries than any other playground structure. Various versions of the apparatus sent half a million kids to hospital emergency rooms oh, from 2009 God. to 2014. Half a million kids, which is really surprising. One, the monkey bars are still around considering how dangerous they have been and with the safety things that are built into kids' playgrounds now, you know, sort of with that rubberized texture, yeah. right? It wasn't like, you know, we grew up on a concrete playground. I mean, how many kids I knew? Well, no, dirt. No. It wasn't concrete under the monkey bars. At St. Anselm's, it was concrete. What? Yeah. And we wow. climbed in the monkey At bars. At Highcliff Elementary, it was dirt. Dirt. Yeah. Well, that's a little softer, I suppose, right? A lot yeah. softer yeah, than yeah. concrete. I remember, you know, we knew as kids, we get a little bit older and bolder, maybe like fifth or sixth grade. Whenever recess was coming towards an end, Sister Sebastian, who was the principal of our elementary school, CNAs, we would see her coming out the, out the door, and she always had a big bell, and she would clang this bell. And it, it meant all wherever you were, you had to immediately freeze. And Ugh. then she would address you. So we would see her coming out, and all the guys on the monkey bars, we would strike like crazy poses. <laughs> and, and like be hanging off the monkey bars. Sure. And then she caught on, and she would address us. Okay, you smart Alex over there on right. the monkey bars. But I wonder, have you seen a playground with monkey bars around? Yeah. Well, I think there's... I'm not sure. Like Frick Park, there's no monkey bars at Frick Park. Lex, did you play on monkey bars? When I was a kid, yeah. When you were a kid. So there's still a... Where, where did you play monkey bars? Um, I would play on the monkey bars when I would go to camp. I used a to camp. go camping a lot. But so. not at your school? No, not really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, not usually at okay. uh, school. But they did have them. I just didn't play oh, you didn't? on them Okay, there. But they were there, though. Yes. And Kathy, they were at your school. They were at my school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean... The, did you ever the, fall off them? I'm sure I did. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I did. Mm -hmm. But 
We were just talking about the story yesterday that there's an organization trying to bring some legislation to forbid dogs putting their heads out of cars <laughs> because some dogs are injured. And I just feel right, right. like I felt badly for the dogs because I was like, really, we're going to legislate our way into complete well, safety and dullness. And that's kind I told of you I, my story. Yes, burn. I know. But and that was a horrible story. He survived. OK, but what about dogs in seatbelts? You see that, right? That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. Yeah. So if a dog's in a seatbelt, he can't stick his head out the window. Unless he's very tall. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, we have to balance safety and creativity, joy, freedom, those well, things, which are also important parts of the We've legislated up. common sense before, which is our seatbelts, because before that, of course, right? Okay, but we're not the same as dogs. Well, we have no common sense. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Supreme Court hearing arguments in a legal fight over President Biden's plan to wipe away or reduce student loans. During oral arguments, Chief Justice John Roberts says the program is estimated to cost the government some $400 billion. If you're talking about this in the abstract, I think most casual observers would say if you're going to give up that much amount of money, if you're going to affect the obligations of that many Americans on a subject that's of great controversy, they would think that's something for Congress to act on. And if they haven't acted on it, then maybe that's a good lesson to say for the uh, president or, or the um, uh, administrative bureaucracy that maybe that's not something they should undertake on their own. So far, Republican-appointed judges on lower courts have blocked that plan. On Wall Street, the Dow is down 137 points, but the Nasdaq is ahead 56. This is SRN News. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it. Dogs are part of our family. We love Otto and Snoopy so much, there's nothing quite like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with rough greens. In fact, I just talked to my wife about it because we want them to be healthy and we want them to be with us as long as possible. That's true. I know Sebastian Gorka feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. Our pups, Kelly and Alea, rely on us to provide what's best for them. And naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed rough greens full of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, omega oils, and more that supplement their food in a way that has shown us great results. Trying out Rough Greens is an easy yes, recommended by me, Dr. G. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black here, and I'm so proud that the Pragers and Sebastian Gorka have entrusted their dog's health to Rough Greens. I'm so confident that Rough Greens can help your dog. I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes. Your dog's food is dead food, but you can bring it back to life with Rough Greens. Go to RUFFGreens.com. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, join the flood of people switching to Pure Talk. The average family saves over $800 a year by switching. Get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data, you can get that and still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code HALFOFF, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code HALFOFF. How does your family prepare for Easter? Truth For Life with Alistair Begg is making available a family devotional that will take you and your school-aged children through the events of Jesus' death and resurrection. 14 daily readings beginning with Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and ending with Pentecost. This colorfully illustrated book titled Darkest Night 
brightest day will spark plenty of family discussion. Get your copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Mainly clear skies expected for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 31. Tomorrow will be warm with temperatures approaching near record highs. With times of clouds and sunshine, a breezy afternoon tomorrow with a high of 68. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a passing shower late below 45. Thursday, sunny to partly cloudy skies. We'll reach a high Thursday of 51. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Greetings. Greetings unto you. Uh, during the break here at the top of the hour, I looked out the window at the Parkway Center. There are, there are maybe 15 cars in the parking lot. 15 for this office complex. Now, before the pandemic... I'd have to walk to the auxiliary parking lot to get over here because the place was clogged. Right. Okay. Uh, while U.S. offices are still more than half empty because of the pandemic, um, in other parts of this world, uh, Europe, the Middle East, Asia, offices are 70, 90, sometimes more than 110% full as opposed to where we are. How does something become more than 100% full? That more people are back, more people are working oh, in offices than, than now. there were before the pandemic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So what they say is that here in the U.S., bigger homes, longer commutes, a tighter labor market help explain why Americans uh, would say, no, thanks. I don't need to go into the office anymore. Uh, the divergence in return to the office habits not only benefit overseas landlords more than the U.S. peers, it has a direct impact on how quickly metro areas rebound. Now, look, mm. I mean, this is a microcosm. Remember, there used to be a little coffee shop. Sure. In the lobby. There used to be two restaurants. They're all gone. Right. All well, gone. Well, not one of them is still there. Oh, right. But yeah. that mostly relies on the hotel, which is next to us here. Sure. If you go downtown during regular business hours, seriously, it's a ghost town. It really is. There's hardly anybody there. Now, in other parts of the world, they're saying, I mean, living arrangements. Because Europeans and especially Asians, their apartment, their homes and their Very apartments, small. much smaller. Get me out of here. Right. I'll go to the office as a means of 
having a little more privacy, a little more space, right? I mean, Hong Kong small apartments, for example, often house multi-generational, multi-generations, making working from home, of course, less appealing. Suburban sprawl also means that many Americans have longer, more tedious commutes, plagued by worsening traffic jams, mm. another reason to stay home. While the number of European cities also have longer commutes, longer than New York and Chicago, but according to Mobility Services, Moonvit, Inc., uh, they have public transit systems that are superior to us here mm-hmm. in the U.S. Yeah, I can see that. So it doesn't help that U.S. offices were emptier before the pandemic. A construction glut led to higher vacancy rates. Even within leased offices, companies tended to put fewer people on each floor than their European and Asian peers. So- and when those people don't come back... Then it seems like you're working in a football field by yourself. Well, here's the deal. They end this by by saying this, that um, sitting in big, mostly empty offices, people find the experience depressing, making them more likely to stay at home than they would be in in the first place. Well, you can see it here. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, this floor, it used to be people crowding this floor that we're on. Right. The whole building was crowded. Now, I mean, seriously... When you get on the elevator and someone's on the elevator with you, it's like an event. I know. It's so shocking. What are you doing here? It's always surprising. I always have a conversation. What floor are you on? What are right. you guys doing? There is nobody, and I mean truly nobody here. Right. It's. I still have a hard time acclimating to it. You know, but when I think about being in Europe and the the different lifestyles that they have, yeah. Um, you know. One of the things I enjoyed most as a visitor is just being out in the squares. There are tons and tons and tons and tons of people who are out in squares during the day, Mm -hmm. during the evening, after dinner, because their their spaces are small. And so therefore, they're all together, which is why, you know, a place like Italy was hit so hard by COVID when Mm -hmm. it started, because everybody's always together. Sure. Right. So, um if I, you know, and that's the way a lot, you know, there were there were no heat in houses for a long time. If you wanted to be warm, you'd have to go to the tavern right. because that's where they had the fire. Yeah. You know, that's just, it's, it's kind of the way it was. We have so much space here that we can afford to live in our own little enclaves. I never considered, though, that that way of living is one of the things that was going into our approach to the post-COVID era. Yep. That's really interesting. It truly is. Huh? Well, if if those are the factors that are contributing to Americans not going back, none of those factors are changing. No. I mean, it's not like we're going to have shorter commutes, right? It's not like we're living in smaller houses. Like, it just seems like our geography, if this is true, is just contributing to how we're t- dealing with COVID. And that's just is what it is. So employers will have to put their foot down and say, sorry, this is all over. You're coming back or you're no longer employed, mm-hmm. which I can't imagine. And we've got a friend who works for a, a big pharmaceutical company, a gigantic building. Nobody's there. Right. Or they're working hybrid, maybe come in the office one day a week, what that whole thing's like. I mean, the employer is the one who's in control, right? Right. And I, I still have to say I don't think it's good for people. To be at home? Yes. It wasn't good for us. It wasn't good for us. But I'm not saying that you and I are, you know, the – prototypical right. i think we you know we're so we're social beings yeah i i just don't i for most people i just don't think it's good to work from home mm-hmm. as speaking of someone who did it for a year and a half i just feel like it was as fun much, for a while we didn't want to come back we were scared to come back there were all these anxieties related to coming back <laughs> yeah right 
Once we came back, though, I just felt so much healthier. Oh man, that I was that I did at home. The best part of coming back is going home. There's nobody on the roads. Right. I mean, I used to it took 45 minutes to get home. Right. Now, boom, I'm cruising. Lex, um, did you work uh, during COVID from? Well, you were still in school for some part of COVID. Well, you were in Texas. I was at. I was still at school when okay. COVID had hit. Um, and at that point, I was not working from home. Um, yeah, no. I What I did do, however, is that um, if we did get... Because at school, if you got sick, if you got COVID, you got sent home. Mm-hmm. And so that didn't really help someone like me who was working, living paycheck to paycheck in college. Yeah. Um, and so what my professors do, what a lot of people did, is that they would try to make it work hybrid mm-hmm. or make it work online, which was very interesting to see a lot of the time. Um but yeah, I mean, working from home is always the most depressing thing. You ever. think so too, one hundred percent. And even my friend, who very recently um, was making good money, um, doing uh, completely uh, like work from home stuff, she was working for a pharmaceutical company um, and was working with patients. And um, she ended up coming back to a retail position. And I was like, why would you do that? You were making good money. There's no way that they're paying you as much as you were probably making when you were working for the pharmaceutical company. And she was like, I could not stand working at home anymore because Uh, I would get up, go to my desk that mm -hmm. was in my bedroom. I'd work for eight hours a day and then I'd go back and lay back on my bed. Like she oh, was, just, that is really depressing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. the and the hardest part about it too was she was telling me that a lot of her patients, she works with older patients, and so her patients were passing away, and she had no way to kind of mourn them. Yeah, um, sure. And with other people, so it was very hard for her. Interesting. I yeah. couldn't even imagine. Yeah, I, I mean, will we ever get back to so-called normal? I don't know. Yeah. Well. It, if Europe and Asia are any model, the answer They're is yes. They're already up but, and running. But here in the U.S., I don't know. Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. Why guilt is good news this Lenten season? Jay Slocum joins us next on the ride home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on Word of M. 101.5 WORD. In an age of diversity and political correctness, we're told that we shouldn't criticize anyone else's religious beliefs no matter what. So where does that leave Bible-believing Christians? Should we stay silent when someone's views about salvation don't square with what the Bible teaches? John MacArthur addresses that question as he continues his study, Delivered by God, on Grace to You. This is John MacArthur inviting you to listen to Grace to You every weekday morning at 7 a.m. on 101.5 Word FM. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code word. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. 
Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. I didn't think it was possible to meet someone like Susan. We just clicked after realizing we each have a strong sense of self and share the same core values in life. After taking our advanced personality test, Daniel and Susan matched on Silver Singles, the secure dating site for 50-plus singles who know what they want. Sign up today at silversingles.com slash meet. That's silversingles.com slash meet. Eight actors representing true customer testimonials. Names have been changed. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions. How does your family prepare for Easter? Truth for Life with Alistair Begg is making available a family devotional that will take you and your school-aged children through the events of Jesus' death and resurrection. Fourteen daily readings beginning with Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and ending with Pentecost. This colorfully illustrated book titled Darkest Night, Brightest Day will spark plenty of family discussion. Get your copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. It's fair to say that there are certain groups of people, dare I say Jews and Catholics, who are known more for carrying their guilt than the rest of humanity. And I'm not quite sure why that is. I'm sure that goes into a lot of different conversations about that. Of course, it's been mine for comedy. There's no doubt about that. But guilt, is guilt a good thing? Guilt's certainly promoted by different family systems in addition to the religious systems that you brought out. Yeah. I don't know. Can it be good? I mean, I think we talk about it in this culture pretty purely in negative terms. Yeah. Reverend Jay Slocum is back with us. He's a rector at St. Thomas Anglican Church in Gibsonia, Pennsylvania, to talk to us about why guilt is good news this Lenten season. Hey, Jay, welcome back to the show. Hi, John and Kathy. It is great to be with you and uh yes indeed people are guilty of guilting people yes mm-hmm. <laughs> right but if, i think is that good yeah, or bad I, well i think guilting is uh, uh probably a form of emotional abuse <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i'm not sure that uh constantly making your kids or your family members feel bad because they're uh they're not meeting expectations um, et cetera, et cetera, is quite what uh, I have in mind around the good news of guilt. But it's, you know, it's certainly, um, St. Paul tells us that in your anger, do not sin. He doesn't tell us our anger is sin, but we can see how anger turns into sin so easily. Yeah. But you and, said uh, guilt, guilt is good. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a reason for guilt in our lives. Yeah. So there's a reason for guilt in our lives. In the Lenten tradition, uh, we turn it up pretty high, and uh, the old folks used to call it mortification. Mm. And it, it, 
it's similar to going for, you know, the annual checkup. Um, it's, it, it may not be the, it's a necessity and it's, I certainly would say it's good news when you hear that the doctor finally figured out what was wrong with you. Yeah. Mm. Now you don't want that to happen, but when it does, you don't want to live in pain or in discomfort or with a cancer that you never knew you had that you couldn't get rid of. Right. Mm -hmm. So guilt, guilt functions in the human heart, uh, as an alarm system. God didn't make us to have garbage inside of us. And so when we sin, um, we get this thing called a guilty conscience. And it's actually a gift because it tells uh, our, it tells us that uh, something's in us that shouldn't be there. So in that way, guilt is great news. Now, think of the people who don't feel any guilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are the sociopaths and, and uh, serial killers. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> That that's uh, and think about you know the degrees to which people have rationalized their wrong in order to justify their sin. Um, you know, think of the, the Holocaust, or think of our 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 tradition of holding slaves, or think of you know the abortion culture. There's a lot of guilt there, um, but people are doing everything they can, double backflips, to try to rationalize away sin, and it just makes people miserable. Yeah. The, the, doctors, the doctors will tell you, if, if you harbor bitterness against your neighbor for long enough, you'll end up with an ulcer, mm-hmm. right, or, yeah. or worse. It's actually really bad to hold on to junk. So I, I, we, we entered Lent, and I was thinking about the first time I ever stole something. You know, I was 12 years old, mm-hmm. went, went to the the big flea market in the little town I grew up with and saved my, my lawn mowing money and blew it all on, you know, funnel cake and fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, uh, wanted this little Coca-Cola necklace, a little seven up can. It was a little seven up can, a little green seven up label, a tiny little necklace. I was going to give it to a girl. I didn't have any money. So I waited till my friends weren't looking. And I stole it off of a, a table and I rode my, my bike home with my, brothers and sisters, and I got home, and my little brother, who didn't accompany us, he was too young, he said, where'd you get that necklace? I said, what? And he looked at me, he said, you look like you stole it. (laughs) 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 And it was like Nathan just came, the Nathan the prophet just came to King David to tell him, you're the man, you know? (laughs) I mean, it may as well have been. And I thought, can I get away with riding my bike all the way back down there to get rid of that thing? And so I did. I pedaled in the blazing heat of the July 4th weekend. And I put that thing back and snuck up and put it back on the vendor's table. Wow. And as I, as I put it on the table, dropped it, he looked at me and said, are you going to buy that? <laughs> and I said, no, sir, sorry, and ran away. And I, I, I wept all the way home. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was twofold. One, I felt the massive relief of my guilt going away. And I also felt the sadness that my father would have felt if he would have known what I did Mm. because my dad was a man who was honest to a fault. So is that good news or not? Now, my little brother just had to look at me and say, you look like you stole it because I was so bad at stealing. I was this tender little guy at 12. 
what a good thing, you know? What yeah. if I had harbored I, what if I couldn't have gotten that filthy thing off me and I started rationalizing it? Yeah. And, you know, that's so Lent is this season. It, it is not a season to, to try to earn our salvation or somehow figure out a way to please God. God knows exactly what's in our hearts. And uh, he didn't make us to have sin in our hearts. And so when we break a commandment or we do a wrong, he gives us this gift of a guilty conscience. Mm. Now, that might not be popular in our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, David Letterman, when he had an affair, he got up and did a monologue about it. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. I do, yeah. It made me so sad because he was transparent, but he wasn't vulnerable. Mm. He, he leveraged it to further his comedic career. Or you know, he dealt with it the only way he could. There it is, Kathy, I think maybe fairer. And that's the second piece of this. You know, the church has a long tradition of dealing with sin, of having an office where you can come and talk to a pastor. We have a service where you can, many churches, even the most broad, I call them box churches or smoke machine churches, you know, the church, the big box place that yeah. has a great, a great band and an awesome message. You know, they'll have a healing ministry. They'll have folks you can go and talk to as a, a counselor. If you go to a lawyer, you go to a doctor, you go to a um, a priest or a pastor. We're we're that's called the professionals. We're we're actually bound to keep um, confidences, and um, it's because sin is a cancerous thing, and to confess it, it can be very dangerous. You don't want that sort of thing, you know, you don't want to press press conference for that sort of thing. <laughs> you know? yeah. got to take care of it carefully. And I think the church has been a sort of spiritual hospital for people for centuries. And Lent's that tra- Lent is part of that tradition. It's when, you know, you go, I always say you, you wouldn't get, you know, you wouldn't get a, a major surgery out on the street. You know, you wouldn't do that out in public. You're, we're very careful about going into the surgical theater after all the steps we take and get anesthetized and then have it taken out of us. So for me, as an Anglican, at least, a person from one of the older traditions, we really see it as an opportunity to, to draw people into uh, an opportunity to get the stuff that's burdening them off of them. Because yeah. Jesus paid for it all with his blood. Mm. We don't have to hold it. Jay, talk about from an Anglican, an Anglican perspective, what confession is like—the, the physicality of it. I mean, I mean, I grew up as a yeah. Catholic schoolboy, and I sat in a little box. Of course, people yeah. who are not Catholic know what that's like in movies and TV sh- shows and whatnot. Um, in an Anglican, what do you do? Yeah, so we start with the notion that none must, all can. Some should. So you're not going to go to hell if you don't go to a priest and confess your sins, right? Yeah. So you can confess your sins to God, and and He will wash them away. So yes. we start there. Yeah. But um, I, as a, I'm a physical person, and there's sometimes I need somebody. I need to see somebody and hear somebody, and I need a, a counsel. So we do. We have an office actually at St. Thomas on Gibsonia on Tuesday of Holy Week. We're going to have something called Castaway Tuesday, and it's going to be a fire pit out 
uh, near our pavilion next to our church, and we're just going to have a place where people can come and write down their sins of pride or guilt or shame or theft or adult, whatever it is. And then I'm just going to um, be with people to come up, and I'm going to say words that, uh, of comfort to them that God puts away their sin forever. That's what the Psalms say. He puts it away. And then we're going to cast it into the fire. And uh, it's just a it's just a more creative way of doing what's in our prayer book. And it's just a simple office where you come in confidence and you say, here, here are the things that have been weighing on me. And fo- folks don't have to. You know, you don't have to give people the gory details of your garbage. You you can just say, hey, these are the things that have been weighing on me. Sometimes people need to be very specific, and and that's a, you know, a a pastor is willing to take that on, you know, um, in order for a person here. I I I led a guy to Christ who was holding on to, this was 20 years ago. Um, I wouldn't even share if it was possible for anybody to ever know it, but you know, he was a guy who was in Vietnam. And he had murdered people from the back of a helicopter with a with a a large gun, and he'd been holding on to it for years. And Good Friday, he came and and made an appointment. It wasn't for the office convention. He just said, "Pastor, I need to speak with you." And then he said, "This is this is it. I gotta say it." Mm. And he just wept. He just wept and confessed. And I I hugged him and prayed over him. And he's a changed man. That you should have seen it. It looked like. A thousand pounds from a hundred years got took taken off of him. So beautiful, you know. And what a man! He's leading a men's ministry now, you know, somewhere deep in the south. Um, yeah. So it can be really strong. I, that's why I say guilt is good news. If it's not guilting. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, if it's not a verb you're using on someone else. Yeah. yeah. Okay, mom. I get it. You know? <laughs> but you know, we live in this. Very different. We live in a tell-all society right now, Jay. Right? I mean, I mean, uh, who's the guy in Congress? Uh, you know, uh, who lied on his oh. resume and you know, Santos. He, yeah, yeah, and he's like, I'm not going to resign. I mean, I'm, I was, you know, I'm here to serve people. So you can't shame. Yeah. I mean, shame and guilt sort of go hand in hand. If shame is missing from society, well, guilt's going to disappear as well. Yeah, I mean, I think in the therapeutic sense, people say, you know, shame is something that tells you you're a no good piece of garbage and guilt is something where you remember the day, the time, the person and what the action was. They're very different. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. like, I think shame sometimes it can be accumulation of all the guilt not dealt with, and we don't want to ever get to that place where we're feeling shame. Um, and, and I think that's using very therapeutic language. That's how the therapists talk. Yeah. And I agree with them. I think that's real good, good. That's good count sound counsel, but you know, guilt is usually, from a scriptural perspective, it's very specific, right? And there is a whole system set up, a sacrificial system. They even had the steps going up to the temple at different heights and, and levels and sizes so that, you know, you couldn't just approach it in a cavalier way. So God created a very good system to sort of extract our sin using the temple. And, of you know, we didn't use it, you know, mm-hmm. as a, the, the Jewish nation, we didn't use it. And then, you know, now we have the cross and we have the church and we have a means by which you can get rid of your stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the whole open society, tell everybody everything and face it, you know, paste it on Facebook is insanity. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it just spreads sin, right? Because 
Who 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 do you who who wants to hear all that garbage? TMI isn't that what they say? Yeah, Too TMI. much information. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay, yeah, so yeah. as you leave us here, I just kind of wonder about this. Um, you know, the story you told about the seven up can and your and your brother. Uh, yeah. My guess is you're not such a great poker player. Oh, I'm horrible. My wife tells me when I'm in church, somebody else's church, she said, "You got to realize." Everybody can tell when you're disgusted at what the preacher said. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't know. Uh, like, I, I am, I am, I am terrible. I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve, uh, and everybody can see whenever anything's going on with me. Um, it's, yeah, it's uh, a it's, blessing uh, and a curse, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that's really yeah. funny. <laughs> that's We've it. been talking to Jay Slocum. Uh, Jay, tell us about St. Thomas Anglican in Gibsonia. Yeah, St. Thomas is a 70-plus-year-old church, um, beautiful congregation, started as a mission, um, faithfully proclaiming the gospel of Jesus um, week in and week out. Come and visit us on a Sunday morning, uh, our 10-15 service is dynamite. We're doing a, a Lenten uh, uh, adult ed at 9-15 on the foundations of the Anglican Reformation. And we're doing a Wednesday night soup and supper on the five chapters of our story in the scriptures from uh, creation, fall, redemption, consummation, and beginning with our the communion of the heavenlies. So that will be tomorrow night. Fabulous. Jay, always a pleasure. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks, John and Kathy. Good talking to you. Jay Slocum, why guilt is good news this Lenten season. Jay's the rector at St. Thomas Anglican Church in Gibsonia. My six-year-old nephew got his first Bible for Christmas this year. He raised the Bible over his head in celebration, and as he did, caught his mom on the bridge of her nose, leaving us considering stitches. Hebrew says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, but I don't think this is what that meant. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and we'd like to slam you in the head with an important word as well. Many experts believe that even with interest rates higher, this year should be a better year to buy a home. Inventory should go up. Competition over homes has come down, allowing prices to stabilize. Closing cost concessions from the seller are back in play, making it for many a good time to finally find that dream home while it's available with the strategy to refinance once rates settle. If your family is thinking new home, we hope you'll remember us, our direct lender advantage, and that we provide a $1,000 lender credit at closing, a big thing my nephew would definitely celebrate. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Good Housekeeping just released its list of 65 New Year's resolutions to make you a better and happier you. They're good things, but no surprise. Not one of them includes worship. Why not resolve to get to know the Creator, the one who knows you inside and out? This is Pastor Tom Hall of First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown. Join us Sundays at 1045. This year, resolve to come back to church. The new year gives us the opportunity to make resolutions. You may have goals focusing on your physical, mental, or financial health, but have you considered your legal health? 
This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. You may have been putting off updating your estate plan or creating one altogether. We provide free consultations in order for you to finally check the box off your resolution list. Whether you want to discuss the difference between a will or a trust or the functions of a power of attorney, we'd love to talk to you. To schedule a free consultation today, visit a-h.law. Discover the magnificence of the Mediterranean with Alistair Bay and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Nine life-changing days of powerful worship, Bible study, in history. Sign up now, deeperfaithcruise.com. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Mainly clear skies expected for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 31. Tomorrow will be warm with temperatures approaching near record highs. With times of clouds and sunshine, a breezy afternoon tomorrow with a high of 68. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a passing shower late below 45. Thursday, sunny to partly cloudy skies will reach a high Thursday of 51. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Uh, does what make sense? Gambling. <laughs> it is everywhere. Yeah, now, everywhere. We, we've had gambling in Pennsylvania for what, if you think? A decade. Something like that. And gambling existed forever. Yeah. But in the last three years, the sports gambling thing has ramped up. It went from like zero to a hundred. It seems overnight. You can't get away from it. It's all over TV. It is all over radio. And I listen to it and I think, does this make sense? I guess for some people it makes sense. I mean, it's, it's a multi-billion dollar. Remember, people gambled it for Jesus' clothes. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I mean. At its core, of course, it doesn't make any sense at all. It it brings out our worst, right? It makes us people greedy. Um, the love of money, more, more, more. It's an addiction, right? Um, not good. And if you're just looking at pure math. It's a loser's game. It's a loser's game. Right. Why do you think the casinos are as nice as they are? Right. I mean, you see guys. But look, I mean, I was down at the casino, was that almost probably eight or nine months ago. How much did you lose? I didn't, I didn't camp. I, I, just, I just won't do that. I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not casino. doing, there's no way. Yeah. I mean, you I went, went there, I went to see a show. Gladys. Gladys. Yeah, that makes sense. Crawl through broken glass to see Gladys, <laughs> yeah. John. No, it doesn't. I mean, at its core, of course it doesn't. But it's, again, it's. You Are know. you just saying that, though, because you're trying to give me the right moral No, answer? I know it. I know in my heart of hearts it doesn't make sense. Okay. So it's you're not loser's... just trying to give me, like, the Christian no. response. No, it's a loser's game. I know that. It's a loser's game. It destroys families, lives, incentives. Yeah, but if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, I know. All right, does this make sense? Mm-hmm. A picture frame. Okay. You get a poster. You get a painting. You put it on the wall. It looks nice. Mm-hmm. But a picture frame, you put something around it. Sometimes a picture frame is also a work of art. I mean, frames can be pricey, but it, I think it takes something of beauty and in some ways elevates the beauty. If it's more than just a black cube. 
So the picture frames make sense. I understand. They're expensive. Does it make sense to you? If I had to pick between buying a nice frame mm. and like cutting my grocery bill in half, I'd cut my grocery bill in half. What? I love, what? I love frames so much and they add so much to a piece of mm. art or a photograph or a letter or anything. It's it's every bit as important as the artwork. I think you're right about that. Okay, it makes all the make sense. sense. Thank you. Gambling, forget about it. 101.5 Word FM, WORD. The Life of David is a fascinating story of great spiritual success and notable failure as well. This week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us learn from David's ups and downs as he launches a series called House of David. Be sure to tune in each day for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the Digital Marketing Specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group, Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. It's no secret that this economy is taking its toll on us, but I've got some important news that could really help. If you're facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt, you need to know that you may not be required to pay it all back. There are special programs that can significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This isn't bankruptcy or a high-interest debt consolidation loan. These are programs that credit card companies don't want you to know about, ones that offer Americans struggling with over Overwhelming credit card debt savings and real debt relief faster than thought possible. Accredited Debt Relief has a special hotline to learn all about these programs and what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualified consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. So call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now for this free information. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. 2300. Maybe you're an elder in a local congregation or a deacon wanting to serve your church more faithfully. Dr. Barry York on the Master of Theological Studies program at RPTS. The wonderful thing about the MTS degree is you can actually do it all online. So they can take the degree online and grow in that theological ability that will allow them to either teach or work more faithfully in their local congregation. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. I remember going out to dinner with my parents. We'd sit down. And... Where would you go? Where would we go? Uh, it's, it's gone. Uh, Sirloin. So, oh, my gosh. I forgot about that place. Mm-hmm. That was always a treat. Okay. Um, 
I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> for like just a bite, Carl's. I don't know Carl's. It's in Monroeville. It's still there. It's been there forever. It's oh, a little tiny, okay. Okay. tiny shack. I mean, you know, we'd sit down and we would not go out as a family often to dinner. It just, you know, wasn't part of our makeup. But I always remember this. My mom would order something and my dad would say, I'll have the same. My mom would be like. Outraged. She would. Appalled. Oh, Dawn, please do not get the same thing. They don't. He'd be like, I don't really care. You just, I'll just have what you're having. Okay, so the Bidens, apparently, they went out to dinner the other night. And experienced a similar phenomenon. They did. They went to this restaurant uh, called the Red Hen. Nicer or not as nice as Carl's? (laughs) Probably probably a lot nicer than Carl's. They had a chicory salad, grilled bread and butter, and two bowls of rigatoni. (laughs) That's awesome. It drew attention. And the ire of people, they were like, how could they order the same thing? Same. That seems crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're at the dinner, generally, you know, I'll have a bite. If my wife's having something, yeah, right. let me try that. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah. Give me a little bite of that. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. But there are times, like when there's like a special on the menu or something, and go, that sounds pretty good. And sometimes we do get the same thing. And I always tell my wife, she's heard that story eight million times about my mom and dad. Yeah. And I always go... I'm pulling the Don Hall here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does it make a difference if you order the same well, thing? You and your husband yeah, ever do I that? I feel like you're not taking advantage of what the restaurant has to I offer. I agree, you are not. But are you? You're not, it's not like you're eating this. You know, you're eating. Are you splitting the entree in half? No. Right. I'll, no. Give me half of what you're having. You no. Know, you know, no. You're not do that. No. You're right. You're just gonna have a bite or two, maybe at the most. I mean, I don't think my husband and I have ever done that. Ever ordered the same thing? Ever. I don't think we have ever really? ordered the same thing. Now, he, now this has happened a hundred times that he has decided that he likes what I ordered more than he ordered, which is <laughs> apparently order regret. Exactly. Don't you hate that? Oh, Something that is going to plague us for all the... of our days. <laughs> I get that because then you go, oh, I should have ordered that. Oh, right. That's so much better. Yeah. Isn't it surprising? Now, my wife would laugh at this, that the Bidens ordered rigatoni. She thinks, that is so low rent. So, I mean, she she despises rigatoni. She will not allow that in our kitchen. Oh, I love it. I, I don't mind you it. You know what? I had it Saturday night. Yeah. My friend Paul made it. Oh, see, there you go. Um, it's good for sauce. It's I mean, you just so... scoop it up. I haven't had it, and I can't tell you how long. I had it Saturday I had it mm, Sunday, mm-hmm, yeah. and I had it yesterday. Excellent. I can't stop. What was the it's sauce? It's so good. His own homemade sauce. Is it red sauce? Yeah. See, because you get that, it gets jammed in those tunnels. Oh, it's The noodles so are good. so big. It's so, and you put, to me, you put a lot of salt on it. Yeah. Cheese. No, I'm, I'm okay without the oh, cheese. Oh, come on, crank it. No, I don't need the cheese. Give me that But parm. the salt, I am like really? all about it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Yeah, the rigatoni makes me laugh. The chicory salad, mm. that's I love salad. Yeah. It's a little edgy for me. What's the chicory? I, I don't like What's chicory. on a chicory salad? What's that? I mean, it has chicory in it. Yeah. So it's just a very, you know what chicory is? Yeah, yeah. It has a very strong taste. Right. It's but not there they thing. are. They got the same thing. But here's the deal. When you're at home, you're eating the I same know. thing. So it's, so it's not like that's such a huge leap. No. And they're, you know, if you're a married couple, you've been together for decades. Right. I mean, <laughs> you become each other. I have right? what she's you do. having. I mean, I'll have what she's having. It's, right. My, and oftentimes, my wife has a problem making up her mind. 
Right? Oh, restaurants? Oh, you know. The waitress will come over. Now, a few more minutes, huh? Come back. No, just a few more minutes here. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely like you know, that, too. Are you? Oh, oh yes. I'm, I'm in there. Let's go. I don't think you... Now, you and I, have we ever ordered this? We've eaten a lot of meals out I don't together. think so. No. I don't think we ever have. No. Well, no, I don't think we ever have. Mm-mm. I can't think of a time that we have. I mean... I don't have a problem with it. But we have reached the point, though, you and I, where we listen to this, Lexi. We're going out on Friday, by the way, the three of us. Yes. Oh, Friday for lunch. Yeah, we're going out. We're all having the same thing. We're going to a fish fry. <laughs> yeah, we are. On the Friday, Friday, three of us. That's good. Now, if we would be going to a restaurant, Lexi, it automatically happens that John and I sit down, whatever we're eating, I take the stuff I don't like from my plate and put it on his. Yeah. And he does the same. Sure. Have this best best way to do it, honestly. What I the mean, heck? Yeah, just yeah. it's been a long time. Honey. You always take your onions off. Now I will not eat the onions. I can't. Like you go to get a salad. I always have to you take pile those it off, off, which is just a professional courtesy. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, of course. Can you imagine if I ate onions and no, came in here? A, hey, let's do the ride home. Now, if we both did, I mean, you know, then you that could doesn't li- even matter. Light a it's flame. Still, it's still awful. Yeah, of course, onion. It's still awful. Anyway, I su- I support the Bidens, but I just feel like they should maybe they could have, t- you know, taken a little more. I mean, there was a lot the restaurant had to offer to you as the president and first lady. But apparently, at this restaurant, the Red Hen, this is their signature dish. So you know how it is. Like me, oh, it's their I'm signature going, dish? yeah. So like I'm going to go out and get you know white clam sauce. Right. I think about that all day long. Yeah. And so it's their This is something yeah. they're known and I'm gonna for. I'm going to get the crab cakes and think of it all, all day. day long. So when it comes, you go and I'm finding you're going to sit down at the Red Hen and not order their signature dish. You get that. No, that changes things. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, then I guess they. I guess it's fine. It's fu- good for well, them. Well, I mean, look. Of course, in these days, people, uh, you know, are outraged that about they everything. For do crying such out a loud. thing? How could they? That's I mean, whatever. <laughs> hey, it's National Tooth Fairy Day, and I want to acknowledge my sister here, uh, yeah. my sister Holly, who told me at the stoplight at Highland Avenue and Route 19. That there was no tooth fairy. Oh, don't you? Oh, did that crush you? Yes. Of course it did. And I already knew there was no Santa, oh. so that was never a No, a wait. Big well, deal. then if you know there's no Santa, then how could you buy into the tooth fairy? I don't know, but I was in, seriously invested in the tooth fairy. How old were you? 13? Um, 18? Oh. <laughs> it was last year. Uh, no, I don't know how old I was. I have no idea. But it was very disappointing. And to this day, I think, really, you couldn't have just let that go on a little right, longer. Right, right, right. Well, you know me and my bag of teeth. Lexi doesn't know about this. Lexi, are you ready? I'm so ready. You want to be creeped out? Sure. It's Go not ahead. creepy. Okay. Yes, when it is. my kids lost their teeth and I was the tooth fairy, I would go in, of course, and take the tooth from under the pillow okay. and leave, you know, you know, whatever that money was, and then I would save the teeth. The tooth. Oh, my mom did that. So I've got I've got literally <laughs> I've got I've got bags of teeth. In the my, death stare that Kathy is giving me right now. It's in my it's in my sock drawer. <laughs> my mom still has my teeth. I'm pretty See, sure. God bless Tina. <laughs> See, she knows. This Kathy always shames me like it's some weird like Frankensteinian thing. Like I've got some weird. I love Teen. I haven't even met her, but I love her. But seriously, you can't be doing that. See? If your kid is one and you've kept like their first tooth or the two and you kept their first tooth, yeah. that's fine. If you've got a, I, you, th- the phrase you used was bag of teeth. Yeah, That is <laughs> horror movie material. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you reach a certain point where I go, well, I really can't throw them away. Yes, you can. And now, yes, they're little sweet control. little tiny teeth. They're your, so cute. If Do your boys know that? 
I don't think so. I'm telling. I don't. think I am telling. I think what? Hundred thousand people have heard the story yep. over the last ten years. Your if your kids don't know, it's time. Well, it's not like I'm hiding it from them. You're keeping it's, their teeth in your sock drawer. It's in my sock drawer. If they went into my sock drawer, they're allowed to go in the sock drawer. They'd find their teeth. Now, that, could you imagine they went in their teeth and in my sock drawer and were like, whose teeth are these? They're the next door neighbors. <laughs> I mean, That's that'd be kind of crazy. It's all crazy. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think it's love. It's, it's affection. It's not love. It's just a little baby it's, tooth. It's, Look how sweet those little tooths are. And then they were so little, the thing was wiggling around in there, all the anxiety. When and then they you pop were it like out. six. Oh. oh, little sweetie pies. Oh, my gosh. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest-rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Late summer this year, you can join Alistair Begg on a fascinating Mediterranean cruise. Our journey together will end in Venice, once home to some of the brightest Christian writers and theologians of history. Venice was the backdrop for faith-shaping ideas and serious conversations around the scriptures. It's the perfect place for us to celebrate all that God has done and to rejoice in the new friends that we've made during our incredible Mediterranean cruise. Join Alistair Begg for a once-in-a-lifetime Mediterranean cruise. Immerse yourself in the wonder of some of the world's most famous cathedrals, museums, and works of art. We'll be sailing on Norwegian Cruise Line's newest ship, the luxurious Viva. For details, log on to deeperfaithcruise.com. Then call 855-565-5519 to join. 855-565-5519. Inspiration Cruises and Tours is a trusted partner of Salem Media Group. How does your family prepare for Easter? Truth for Life with Alistair Begg is making available a family devotional that will take you and your school-aged children through the events of Jesus' death and resurrection. Fourteen daily readings beginning with Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and ending with Pentecost. This colorfully illustrated book titled Darkest Night, Brightest Day will spark plenty of family discussion. Get your copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy show. I often dream of beaches. 
Oh, do you? Mm, I dream generally. I have, when I have the good dreams that I remember, two things: I'm flying, or I'm on a beach. Huh. I love, of course, if I'm dreaming about beaches. You want to stay there. I love the beach, right? Oh, my gosh. So I, I Lex, saw... do you like the beach? I love the beach. Okay, yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah. You're the beach person, yep, too? Yep, I love... Oh, are you kidding me? So uh, the so good. best beaches in the world, uh, TripAdvisor, has a list of the 25 best oh, beaches okay. in the world. Okay. And um, uh, the best beach in the world is so far away. I mean, it's in Brazil called Baia do Sancho. It's on a volcanic island of Fernando de Nohora off the coast of Brazil. Mm. It's been awarded first place for the uh, Traveler's Choice Best of Best Beaches Award. Takes the top spot for the sixth time in a ranking drawn from the quality and the quantity of reviews and ratings from TripAdvisor uh, for beaches worldwide gathered from January 1 to December 31st, 2022. Best beaches. I've never been to South America at all. Mm-hmm. Never been to the, never been to South America or Africa. Just sad. It's on your bucket list. It is right. Uh, Eagle Beach in Aruba claims the global silver medal, and the bronze goes to Cable Beach in Western Aust- Australia. Uh, a beach in Hawaii uh, is the top-ranking beach in the U.S., landing tenth. Mm. So can you imagine? Okay, so what are the other? Are there Portugal beaches that are in the top ten? Um, Give us countries there. Let me see. Let me see here. Let me go down the list. Okay, here. so we had Aruba, we had Bra- we had Brazil, mm-hmm. Aruba, and Australia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the European ranking second place uh, goes to um, a, a beach in Iceland. Uh huh. A beach in Iceland. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? Yeah, I guess a cold beach. Get right? out of here. Mm-hmm. Who wants a cold? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it's very beautiful. I'm not interested in a cold beach. Here you though. go. Here's a La Concha Beach in San Sebastian, Spain, is in fourth place. Okay. Uh, I, I've been to the beach in Spain and in Portugal. Highly recommended. Uh, my favorite beaches. Okay, here's the top beaches in the world. Let me see. Uh, number 25 is in Greece. Okay. Uh, forward. Okay. Virgin Islands, uh. Mexico, Cyprus, Greece, Tanzania, Brazil, Costa Rica, Spain, Indonesia, Spain. Where Indonesia is at Bali? Um, it doesn't say. Okay. It just gives the name of the beach. Okay. Uh, Grand Cayman, Australia, Georgia. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. N- number 11, uh, S- Siesta Beach in Florida. Okay. I've never heard of Siesta Beach. Neither have I. Uh, number 10, Canapale Beach in Hawaii. Okay. Uh, then Cuba, then Italy, then India, Portugal, Turks and Caicos, Iceland is number four, Australia, Aruba, and Brazil. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wouldn't it be great? Because, you know. Okay. What? Some people say, well, you've seen one beach, you've seen No, that's, that's a complete lie. Right. Okay, right now, you get to go, all expenses paid, time off, to a beach. What beach are you picking? Well, I'd want to go to a beach in the Pacific. Okay. I want yes, the, the, I agree. the incredible yes, blue you water. Do. Yes, right? you do. And, and here's the deal. And they're much more scenic than I'm Atlantic not going beaches. to any resort. No. I don't want to sit in front of a hotel. No, I don't either. I don't want to be near a pool. Me neither. I just want to be at a, you know, yes. a barren, almost isolated beach. Yes. With really beautiful, white, grainy, soft sand. Do you have any... Are you picking one, or is that no. just you're open to any ideas? That's that's what I would consider an ideal beach. Lexi, are you going? Where are you going? 
I'm going to, I can't remember the name of the beach, but we were in St. Martin uh, on a cruise. St. Martin? Were you then? Yes. And it was this beautiful beach with beautiful blue water, beautiful white sand, and there was a shack that was selling uh, coconuts. You could just get a coconut. Nice. And they'd crack it open for you. Oh, It was so nice. That's Uh just a little too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to Laguna Beach, Southern California. Mm -hmm. It's pretty crowded, though, isn't it? Really? No. Nope. Are there a lot of people around? There are a lot of people around, but if you go at, you know, go May, there's very few people around. When you see people like at the beach and there's like 8 million people around. Spectacular. Anyway, I'd go to the beach. Let's do the show live me? from a beach. Please. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.